Thanks, Tim. Great to be with you. All right, that vote there. Again, the 13 Republicans who voted with the Democrats. Now, I gather they are, the ones I've heard speak on this, say, and they may be uh, sharing a concern that you have. What about, oh, I don't know, President Elizabeth Warren someday, President Bernie Sanders someday, and what they might decide is a national emergency? Yeah, and, you know, it is a legitimate concern, the separation of powers. I think that's the issue for most of those that voted against this. They uh, believe there's too much power has been delegated to the executive branch. And quite frankly, I would agree with that. But that does not do away with the fact that back in 1976, Congress did delegate to the executive branch the authority to declare national emergencies. And as you know, it's been done about 60 times since then. Uh, I believe about 30-something of those are still uh, operational. And there is no question that the president has absolute full authority to declare a national emergency. Uh, even President Obama declared a ma- national emergency on the southern border. And, you know, there was no problem then. The, the, the real issue here, Tim, is not the uh, declaration of a national emergency. It's who's in the White House. And that really is the issue. And the Democrats are trying to do whatever they can to stop him. But uh, he has the authority to do so. I would also agree that the uh, reins need to be pulled back in on the uh, authority that's been given to the president. And, uh, you know, maybe we can deal with that at a future time. But at this point, he has the authority to declare this. All right. So the money and the people who are concerned, other concerns and some members of Georgia's delegation expressing concerns, other states, obviously. OK, you're going to take some of this money. The plan is to take money from construction at military installations, redirect to this border barrier effort. OK, what if that's a base in my state and in my district? And, and, and aren't some folks legitimately concerned there? Yeah, and again, that is a legitimate concern, no question about it. Um, The president does have the ability to begin the wall without utilizing some of those funds from from, uh, the military, from OCO spending or MILCON, whatever it may come from. He does have enough to get started and get underway. Uh, But at the same time, I don't think it's very much of a solid argument to say this is not a national emergency that's taking place on our borders. I mean, you've got... Uh, a couple of hundred thousand criminals that have been apprehended just in the last couple of years. Uh, we've got over a hundred thousand assaults. You got thirty-something thousand sex assaults and sex crimes and thousands of killings. There's no question uh, that we have a major issue on the southern border, and it needs to be addressed. And at this point, even sending some military personnel uh, to help defend our borders uh, pulls the military into this. So. Uh, I don't know if the president will utilize those defense funds or not, but uh, there's no question we have a serious issue that needs to be resolved and dealt with. Uh, a bit farther south uh, than the southern border, not your call here, Congressman Jody Heiss, but some talk about it. You mentioned the military. Are we going to have military action intervention, some form or fashion, in Venezuela? Well, we'll wait and see. Right now, the Venezuela citizens are very much involved in protesting, and hopefully there will be a transition of power there. Uh, but, you know, we have heard uh, uh, the vice president, I believe it was just this week, said that uh, military action is not off the table. doesn't mean it's going to happen, but uh, I believe they are keeping everything on the table and keeping a watchful eye and uh, keeping a pulse as to what's happening down right. there and what 
may be our national interest. Uh, keeping a watchful eye, all of us are. The president, uh, he's having dinner right now, 12 hours ahead of us in Hanoi, and it's dinner hour over there. He's sitting down with Kim Jong-un. At some point, they're going to sit down and talk again about nukes. Uh, what, if anything, is the level of anticipation here? What, what's, the, what's the best case? What's maybe the worst case? Well, obviously, the best case is that uh, we have a denuclearized North Korea. Uh, and I think the first summit went extremely well in in spite of much criticism and very little anticipation. And so I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to go a step further in this. And again, it's impressive to me that after 80 years of absolutely no action and no breakthroughs from any U.S. administration, it's amazing to me what this administration has been able to do in just two years with North Korea and the hope of peace is very much real and I believe it's uh, very wise to do this in Vietnam um, for uh, Kim Jong-un to see the economic potential that he has in his own country hopefully the Chinese will get involved as well uh, of course the worst case scenario is that it breaks down and uh, and and this thing ends up going nowhere but I really don't anticipate that happening I'm very pleased with uh, the fact that it's taking place and I'm very hopeful for positive results uh, Michael Cohen testimony today. Of course, he had some closed-door testimony yesterday, testimony uh, before the Open House Committee today. Listen, I, I, candidly here, if that guy told me the sky was blue, I'd look out the window to make sure. Why should I believe anything this guy says? Well, you put your finger exactly on the problem of this. To my knowledge from the uh, research that we have done, I don't believe there has ever in the history of our nation been someone who has been convicted of lying to Congress who has then been invited back to give testimony to Congress. This is absolutely a circus that's being created here. And you're right, the, this guy cannot be trusted. He uh, has a pattern, not just an experience here and there, but the, the report that came from the Southern District of New York reveals a very frightening pattern of lies and deception, uh, all for personal greed and ambition, uh, you cannot trust Michael Cohen, and it's astounding to me uh, that he's being brought in uh, as though he were a credible witness. He certainly is not. Less than a minute left, Congressman Jody Heiss here. Just a few seconds, but your take on that vote, the abortion vote in the Senate of earlier this week. Unbelievable. You know, it's it's stunning to me that we are living in a time where the Democrat Party as a whole is in favor literally of murdering a live baby who has been born and is lying on uh, a table. Uh, that is absolutely stunning to me uh, that they were not able to move that in the Senate. I, do, I sincerely believe that uh, that will come back to bite uh, every one of those that voted against it. There's no way even people who are pro-choice are not in favor of infanticide. And uh, this, I think it's going to be a horrible vote uh, that was taken for those that did it. Congressman Jody Heiss, as always, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Tim. Great to be with you.